Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday And we're going to continue our tour of the empowered women in our latest book. Today, we're going to talk to Jenny Pavlovic, a chicken soup for the soul contributor, who I was always accustomed to thinking of as a big dog rescue person until I read her story that we published in Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Empowered Woman, and realized that she has a PhD in biomedical engineering, and she's a big deal engineer who started out in what was very much a male field. So welcome, Dr. Jenny. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was so surprised because I always just think of you as that amazing dog rescue person. I had no idea that you taught engineering and that you had a PhD in engineering. So Jenny has several published stories. She's got two books. One of them is Eight State Hurricane Kate, The Journey and Legacy of a Katrina Cattle Dog. Um, And it's about the powerful bond between a cattle dog that was rescued from a rooftop and the woman who wouldn't give up on her. And Jenny lives in Wisconsin with her dogs Chase and Cayenne and her cat Juniper. And she enjoys walking her dogs, swimming, kayaking, gardening. And I guess you still do something with that PhD in biomedical engineering. So let's start with the story that you wrote for Chicken Soup for the Soul Empowered Woman, which you called Changing More Than Diapers, which I thought was an amazing title. Tell us how you got into engineering. Well, my father is an engineer, or he's retired now, but he worked as an engineer when I was a kid. And um, he and his, his buddy would, you know, fix cars and do all kinds of interesting things. And he really got me interested in it. My mom was a, she's retired also, but she was an elementary school teacher and she taught math and science. So between the two of them, I learned a lot about engineering and math and science and was always encouraged, you know, that that I would be able to do those things as well. And you said that you were in this engineering, I guess, engineering materials lab class, whatever that means. In the early 1980s, there were only two women in a class full of young men. And one day your professor was talking and he said, in 10 years, you won't be working as an engineer. You'll be home raising children and changing diapers as you should be. Yes. And he actually said that to my friend, Nancy, who was the only other woman in the class. Um, He was introducing us to some new innovative materials in that class. And one of them was a new 
absorbable material for disposable diapers. And as this material was being passed around the class, my friend Nancy kind of treated it like a hot potato, like she didn't want to have anything to do with diapers, and she was joking around. And the professor just let her have it. He said, you'd better get used to it, young lady, because in 10 years you won't be working as an engineer. You'll be home raising children and changing diapers as you should be. And we were all just stunned. Um, The room just went silent. That's crazy. And then you ended up getting your Ph.D., but at a different university. And you eventually became a professor, right? You became a mathematics and engineering professor at a women's college. Yes. And it's it's amazing what you learn about yourself when you're writing one of these stories, because when I started writing, I was really thinking about my friend Nancy and how much she had accomplished in her life as she became an engineer. But then I really started thinking about, well, I became a professor and I went and taught engineering concepts to um, women who were education majors who were trying to learn how to become enthusiastic about engineering and teach it to to students, like in elementary school. So the whole story did kind of come full circle that way. It's amazing how much we learn about ourselves as we're writing Chicken Soup for the Soul stories, right? You really do learn about yourself when you have to put pen to paper. Yes, and the aha moment that I had, I didn't have it until I was writing the story, actually, was that um, as I was teaching my students and they were learning about engineering, they were researching women inventors and they they told me, they taught me <laughs> that a woman had invented the disposable diaper material to reduce her laundry load. Like, out of necessity, she was, she was trying to make her workload at home easier, and she had invented that disposable diaper material that we had been talking about 30 years prior. So the joke really was on the professor um, all along, and I, I really didn't discover that till my students told me that 30 years later, and then I, I didn't piece it all together until I was writing the story. So That is so funny. Well, that professor is long gone, and, uh, and women are very much active in the engineering world now. It's funny, when, when I was putting together our little script for this, I made the mistake of saying that you were a scientist, and you said, no, I'm an engineer, and I I thought that was so interesting because I hadn't really thought about the fact that we've all we've all heard about STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, and math, right? They teach STEM in the schools. And I had never thought about, oh, science and engineering are two different things. And I hadn't really thought about it either until I was teaching. And um, I was told specifically that was part of the curriculum to teach the students the differences between science and engineering in particular. Um, That's why I brought it up, because it was part of what I I had learned when I was teaching. Are you still involved with teaching or engineering now, or have you moved on from that? I still work as a biomedical engineer. That's my day job. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So you're rescuing dogs on the side, but you're still a full-time biomedical engineer. And what part of biomedical engineering do you work in? What's your specialty? I work on design, well, now I'm working on sustaining engineering for medical devices. Um, I've worked on a lot of R&D research and development for medical devices. Um, And actually where I am right now in my department, I think I'm the only woman. So that still still happens these days. Yeah, I mean, I was on a bunch of different corporate boards. I stopped doing that 10 years ago when I 
joined Chicken Soup for the Soul, but I was almost always the only woman on the boards. Mm-hmm. Although on our, on our Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment board, half of us are women because uh, my husband, who is the chairman of the board, very much believes that women are amazing and should basically run everything. <laughs> <laughs> that works for you, right? <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> it's great. Um, we're going to take a break now, and we'll be back in a moment with more from Jenny. And we're going to talk about her dog rescue efforts because she's quite passionate about that and very good at it. Okay, we're back with Dr. Jenny Pavlovic, who has been talking about being a woman in the world of engineering now and back when she got her PhD. And now we're going to talk about the other side of Jenny's life, which is rescuing dogs. And Jenny, I am just fascinated by the stories that you've shared with us about rescuing dogs. So can you talk about that now? My story teacher in a fur coat was in The Dog Really Did That, which came out in August. Um, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Dog Really Did That. Um, It's about my dog, Chase, who was rescued um, by my friend Sarah in a poor area of rural Virginia. And um, he, over the years, he had been abused before she rescued him. And over the years, I learned that he really is good with people and has an affinity for people, and he became a therapy dog. And we go to the library where kids read to him and develop their reading skills. So I've heard about that before. How does that work with kids reading to dogs? Well, I I learned a lot just by, we got a pet partner uh, certification, so he's a certified therapy dog. And um, I learned that some kids aren't used to being around dogs, so he, you know, we taught them how to interact with a dog in a good way. The idea behind the kids reading to the dog is that the dog isn't judgmental and the dog just listens and um, so I have to be careful that I'm not judgmental and I listen and every once in a while you have to learn with each child what's appropriate, but every once in a while I will help them if they get stuck trying to pronounce a word. Um, but the kids really bond with the dog and, um, you know, one time a kid, a little girl came in that turned out she was afraid of dogs and he actually did a play bow where he, his front end went down and his back end still stayed up. And he lowered the front end of his body just so he wouldn't be so intimidating to her. It was really interesting to watch, and it's just interesting to watch how they interact. I'm sure there's things going on between the child and the dog that I'm not even aware of sometimes. Dogs are so intuitive. That's that's really impressive. Now, Chase ended up surviving cancer, right? Yeah, he had cancer, colon cancer in 2013, and... Um, we caught it early, and it was something that dogs don't often often survive, I guess, but we caught it early enough that he was able to go through treatment, and he did well, and he went back to the library and continued his therapy dog work. Now, you rescued him, but then you said in your story that he ended up rescuing you. Yes, I had an incident. Well, he, he woke me up one night. He jumped on the bed, and he, he kind of like tried to push me off the bed, and I I was trying to sleep. I, I'm sure I wasn't quite awake, but, I, you know, I put the pillow over my head and told him to go away, and he just was very insistent. He actually grabbed the pillow away from me, and I I found out later that I had sleep apnea and that I must have, uh, when they did a test, I had stopped breathing 
36 times an hour in my sleep. And so they, the clinician told me that Chase was probably, he had probably had saved my life by jumping on my bed and waking me up. I had probably stopped breathing at that time. Um, and I found that fascinating. And she said she's heard of that happening before, but um, I think he probably saved my life or at least, you know, came close to it. It's what we hear all the time. You rescue a dog and then the dog rescues you. Now tell us about Hurricane Kate, because she's quite a famous rescue dog now. Yeah, I was one of those people who, uh, after Hurricane Katrina in 2005, I I ended up going down to Louisiana about three weeks after because they had all kinds of rescued animals and um, lost animals that and not enough people to take care of them. I should have written this for um, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone, actually, because um, I went down there and was at a, a fairground where they kept bringing more and more rescued animals. And um, at that time, they started shipping them out to shelters around the country because they didn't they were running out of places to put them and they didn't have enough people to care for them. And I ran into this old cattle dog there who had been rescued supposedly from a rooftop and I didn't think she would survive the system of being shipped around and you could tell I could tell she'd been through a lot and I ended up doing the paperwork um, to legally take her home with me when I I evacuated just ahead of Hurricane Rita which came a few weeks after Katrina and um, eight state hurricane Kate is the first book I wrote and published, I was motivated to do it because I was actually trying to find out where she came from and help her find her way home. And um, then also in the course of that, tell the story of what had happened to the animals there and and all the people who met in the course of doing this rescue work. You know, it's interesting. We received a number of stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul writers who went down to Louisiana after Katrina and rescued dogs. I was amazed at how many of our writers were involved in that effort. And there's a, just a huge network of people across the country now who met in Louisiana, Mississippi after Katrina um, that have made friendships that will last a lifetime. Um, my dog Chase came from Sarah in Virginia, and I met her in Louisiana after Katrina. I wouldn't have Chase if I hadn't met Sarah down there. Now, are you also involved in those relay networks where people take turns driving an animal thousands of miles and they each do a few hundred miles? I did a lot of that when I was in Minnesota. We just moved to Wisconsin a couple of years ago, so I haven't really gotten back into that network yet, especially since we were dealing with cancer. But I did do a lot of that um, in like the 10 years following Katrina. Um, there's transport networks of like volunteer drivers will each take a leg um, because there were, especially after Katrina, there was a big imbalance. There was a lot. There were a lot of homeless animals in the south, and more adoptive homes available in the north. So that's, I think, that's one of the reasons that became such a big thing after Katrina. Well, it's admirable what you do. It's admirable that you became a woman in a very male field of engineering, and it's really admirable what you've done in the dog rescue business. How can people find out more about you on the internet? Uh, my website is 8statekate.net. It's the letter, or the number 8, statekate, K-A-T-E, dot net. And my Twitter handle is at 8statekate. I'm also on Facebook. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Thank you very much. It was fun. And thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. You can go to our website, chickensoup.com, to learn more about the books that Jenny's Chicken Soup for the Soul stories have appeared in. Come back for our next episode when we're going to discuss reconnecting with real, living, breathing people by unplugging. It might be just what you need to do as you prepare for the summer. <laughs>